This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. <laughs> From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Thanks for joining us for the podcast once again. Today, joining us on the telephone uh, is uh, Sean Bolson, our Wednesday guest here on uh, Todd and Friends. And, uh, well, Sean, we're pushing uh, into the Vikings season, 0-2 so far. Uh, after being defeated by Philadelphia last Thursday, we haven't had a chance to talk about uh, that game. Not that much to talk about. It's just the Vikings were kind of out physical by Philadelphia. Now, they might be the most physical team in the NFL, either them or maybe the Cowboys. But, nonetheless, the Vikings just kind of got manhandled on both sides of the line of scrimmage, and that's a little concerning. Yeah, that was concerning. The other thing, though, is, I mean, you take turnovers away and we're right there. You know, I hate to be the eternal optimist here, but... <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, you know, um, our offensive line walls hopefully got better this week, you know, picking up Dalton Reisner, who was a, you know what, 28-year-old uh, second-round pick who was with Denver. Uh, he's going to help fill some holes, and I, I mean, we're not that far off. We're minus six in the in the turnover. Um, you know, uh, our quarterback's playing pretty decent. Our running game is non-existent. Uh, I'd like to see us create some more. Hang on to the ball. Uh, the end of the end of the first half. You know, both games has really stung us, and we've come out in the third quarter with not much. Uh, not much success. So um, obviously, I'd like to see us finish the first half better come out a little bit stronger in the second half. But, you know, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. Um, you know, I've heard people say, hey, if we lose this week, we should look at dealing Cousins to the Jets. They're in need. Uh, you know, I, this is going to be an entertaining game this week. Um, I look for us to, to rebound. And, yeah, I mean, we're not the most physical team out there, but, you know, we, we've been right there on two games that, you know, last year the way the ball bounced, we probably won. Yeah, certainly. That's right. Man, I think we used up a lot of our luck last season, unfortunately, uh, as compared to this year. You know, but in the Philadelphia game, you know, we, we the score wound up within one score, but we were behind by more than that for much of the game. It didn't really feel like a six-point loss. To me, it felt more like a two-touchdown loss in that game because, honestly, every time Philadelphia threw the ball, I thought they were doing the Vikings a favor because they couldn't stop our run game for less than five yards to to save their lives. Uh, I, I, I didn't expect the defensive line to get kind of steamrolled quite the way they did. And uh, that's where the game is built is in the trenches. And I, yep. I don't know. I just felt like we got manhandled there, and I thought that was concerning. But you're right. Bringing in Reisner should help. It should. And, uh, you know, when they just ran it like six, seven, eight, nine plays in a row, yep. and we're getting five, six yards a pop, that is concerning. Um, you know, and as soon as uh, Philadelphia saw us go with, essentially five linebackers and one yep. D lineman on the field. You know, that's that's what they chose to do, which, to be honest, uh, any good offense is going to make adjustments is going to do. So, mm. um, you know, uh, the scheme was, uh, you know, questionable to stop the run. Um, you know, we, we did some decent things on, on defense, but we need to get better there. And, and yeah, our uh, controlling the trenches on the offensive and defensive side of the ball is a concern for us right now. You know, the Vikings are fortunate they have a quarterback who is able to stay healthy. He has the physiology to take a beating. Not every quarterback does. We see it all the time. Not every baseball player does either, as we know. But uh, right. Cousins stands in. But, boy, to keep testing that and to keep having him get hammered as often as he does, 
uh, and have him keep getting up. But will he be able to keep doing that? I, I hope he can. I'm not predicting any injuries. Of course, he can't with Cousins. The guy never misses a game with an injury. But still, they got to get a little better protection for him. Yeah, a little better protection. And if you can't, you just have to change your passing scheme. Yep. Uh, so many of the play action where he turns his back to the defense, and then you know he turns around. He's got somebody right in his face. Yeah. So you know maybe what you're going to have to look to do is uh, you know try to you know more three-step drop, more you know quicker developing. Even if you're going to go the five or the seven step, but quicker developing with yeah. you know leaving somebody in. The, the problem is you, you don't want to leave your tight end. It's really chip because Hawkinson's been a, such a valuable piece to it. Uh, you know you, you bring your back in. Madison's been okay. You know Ham can block, but it's. Uh, you might have to change the passing scheme because he can't get hit, you know, as many times a game as he does and expected to be, you know, accurate and stay healthy. And we haven't seen a screen game. A screen game will slow down a pass rush, but we haven't really seen that uh, in two weeks uh, so far. Dalvin Cook took some screen passes 70, 80 yards for the Vikings back in the day. Now, I know that uh, Alex Madison doesn't have Cook's breakaway speed. He's more of a between-the-tackles tough runner who can get you the four yards uh, when you need it, but I would think that might help a little bit to develop some of that screen or, like you said, quick passing game to kind of slow down that rush a bit against Cousins. Yeah, uh, you know whether it's a screen game or whether it's just the one step and fired out the receiver yeah. and that's receiver. We did see some of that. Um, you know they're doing a good job of getting uh, uh, you know JJ involved right away. Osborne's had some drops, some big drops. Hmm. Um, you know he needs to continue to to improve and then you know Addison uh, I think will incorporate him more as JJ continues to get the double teams and you know maybe with that kind of speed you can get something out to them quick so between the screen game and a quick passing game you know moving the ball isn't my big concern you know this week I believe the the Vikings and the and the Chargers have the highest total of any game in the NFL yep. uh, there's going to be some uh, points scored Chargers start out as a favorite it has swung to the Vikings favor now so I don't know. I just think we need to get this win. We all know we got a tough, you know, next four or five games. So we, we need to get this one at home and then uh, move on and, and uh, see what we can do. Have to get it. I mean, I, I really think this is a must win. And then for the Chargers, same thing. Now, Brandon Staley, he's from the Twin Cities. He coached uh, at a small college in the Twin Cities. Uh, I don't remember exactly which one, but he's kind of one of us. But he's on the hot seat for the Chargers. They feel the same way. Both teams are going to be in there with desperation uh, coming up on Sunday, and the, and uh, you know the Vikings need a pass rush of their own. We saw Daniel Hunter go wild. I think he had three sacks last week, but they're not getting much other than Daniel Hunter. But if he gets three sacks again, you know you'll take that. Uh, but I, I'd like to see a little more pass rush uh, as well as you know obviously stopping the run better. Yeah, and I know two big keys this week. Austin Eckler is questionable. They'll know this afternoon if he's in. He's a huge multifaceted running back for uh, the Chargers, and then. The Chargers are, you know, they have one of the worst run defenses in the league. So yep. maybe this is a week we could start to establish, uh, you know, Madison and the run game and try to figure out if, uh, you know, we get a little more of a balanced attack. It seems like right now we just can feed to every now and then. We, we run for one or two yards, and we're going to, you know, try to throw it to J.J. or Hawkinson or the guys anyway. So yep. uh, be nice to see a little bit of a run game get established this week. Well, there's a prop bet uh, right now, or they have them every week, uh, where Alex Madison has the highest over-under number among all running backs in the NFL for this week. 
after he's really done nothing for the first two weeks. Nothing. So that surprised me a little bit, but that speaks to the Chargers' run defense. And maybe Vegas believes the Vikings understand that they need to have kind of a running game. They have not made any effort to commit to it at all through two weeks so far. They got behind last week, and then I'm not sure why they didn't run as much the week before. But we might see... Madison fed the ball a little bit more this week. That's another thing that could keep Cousins a little more upright is if they can uh, rely on some kind of a ground game. Yeah, I mean, it, it not only you know helps you to get you into second manageable, um, but it also just allows them not to pin their ears back and come back after Cousins every play. So yeah. uh, establishing some sort of run game would be huge. I think Madison, in four of his first six starts before this year, had rushed for over 100 yards in four out of six games. So we know he can get the job done. We know he can read blocks. But he has the the uh, the Vikings as a team have the lowest average yards gained before contact for running plays in the NFL, less than a yard. .77 yards before contact uh, for their running game. Uh, and again, speaks to the offensive line. If Madison can get a little more room, I really think he can be an effective back. Yeah, he can. You know, he's not the explosive hit the home run, but he can be, you know, a, an effective back between the tackles. And the big thing is, is he's getting contacted essentially as soon as he yep. gets the ball. Yep. No running back's going to have success if they're getting contacted, you know, when they get the handoff. So yep. for for us to figure out a scheme, a way to get him a little bit of room, you know, I think he can be successful when he gets a little bit of room. And, you know, with our uh, weapons on the outside, we don't need a crazy successful run game. We just right. need an adequate run game to just loosen it up a little bit for us. Yeah, something, you know, uh, something where you can run it a little more often. I mean, 11 rushing play or 17 rush plays, 44 passes in week one. And a similar, I think it was even more of a disparity uh, this last week. Of course, when you have the weapons and a quarterback who's as accurate throwing the ball as Cousins, it is tempting to throw the ball a lot because, you know, they're moving the ball through the air pretty effectively. Yep, they are. And, and you know, once they, you know, same with J.J., once once they complete the pass, what our receivers can do after the catch is, is incredible. We, we have a very gifted uh, core. I love what Hawkinson's doing now. The first week he wasn't as incorporated as much. Last week he was great. So, yeah, I love what we're doing in the passing game. But, again, in order to keep Cousins healthy, keep them effective, I do think some semblance of a running game uh, is a must. So give me a prediction. You think the Vikings win on Sunday? I do think they win. I think they're going to score some points, too. You know, I think we're going to score you know, 28, 31 points. And, yeah. I, and I, think, I think we're going to do just enough to get it done. I don't expect a 31-0 shutout. But, yeah, yeah. you know, something like a 31-24, 31-27, something like that is kind of what I'm looking at. Yeah, I hope so. And, and then they get into the season after that. Just got to get that first win under their belt. And then who knows, they could, uh, they could really take off. So uh, Vikings and Chargers will have it here on uh, KWLM. The Twins are only, their magic number's three as we sit here uh, this morning as Sean and I are talking. The playoffs are inevitable uh, for them, but once can they do anything on the playoffs once they get there? Unfortunately, the Twins have been one of the most snake-bit organizations in terms of injuries to their young star players of any yeah. team uh, in professional sport, I think you could say. Uh, and now Royce Lewis. I don't know if you saw it last night, but he left the game in the eighth inning with what they're calling a hamstring, and they're listing him as day-to-day, -day, but, boy, it, it looked more than day-to-day -to, -day to me. It looked like, I hope he's back for the playoffs kind of a thing. 
Well, you know, I think he tweaked it running out that double yep. play, I believe. And yep. then, uh, you know, they, they, instead of taking him out instantly, you know, then they let him take another at bat. He, you know, grimaces uh, when he's up to bat. And they, I don't know. I think at this point with the magic number of three, you're going to make the playoffs. It doesn't matter what the time or the score of the game was. If you sense any sort of tweaking, any sort of anything, you just get him out of there right away because, you know, I mean, he's been such a, a bright spot. Yeah. I, I think he's going to be okay. I don't think this is going to be a long-term deal. But, uh, again, I want to see him rest him because come postseason, you know, we got our uh, we got our pitching staff that we're okay with, and we need to score some runs, and he sure is a huge asset to us right now. And, and you want to see him as healthy as can be come postseason. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't really have to be a long-term injury to affect the playoffs. They start two weeks from yeah. yesterday. So it's less than two weeks the playoffs get underway. So anything that hampers him at this point, if it's a hamstring, I don't know when's the last time you saw a guy come back in 10 days from a hamstring. It, it, it usually is a multi-week type of a thing. Uh, I, I hope that that's the case. You know, he referenced it looked like he tweaked it on running down to first. I agree. I thought I saw it then. But I think he just said, no, I'm fine. And he wanted to stay in the game, so they let him. He tried to talk his way into staying in the game, even in that last at-bat, even though he could hardly walk. So he just wants to play. And you could see how frustrated he was when he came out of the game. He slammed his helmet down in the when he was headed to the locker room and, and so forth. And he's normally the most positive guy on the field. So when he has that type of a negative reaction, that's what has me a little concerned. Yeah, it is concerning. So we'll wait to hear today, you know, yep. and, and, you know, with their staff, hopefully – it is a tweak, and, you know, tweaks can go one of two ways. They either get better or they don't. Yep. And we're just going to have to wait to figure it out. But, you know, they're going to need to take all the precautions they can to get him ready mm-hmm. because he's going to be a big part of any postseason run if we're going to make one. That's for sure. It's just been hammering the ball. He's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, for the Twins, once they get to the playoffs, it's got to be Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray, I would think, your first yep. and second starters in whichever order you decide. And I think they have Lopez lined up to be the game one starter and Gray in game two. Uh, but I think game three is still in question. Uh, if they get to a game three, that means they will have broken a long losing streak in the playoffs. Let's hope that happens. Well, I, I hope it goes two games to none. But they're, they're going to need a third game starter, hopefully, at some point. Do you have it as Joe Ryan or Kent Maeda, maybe? You know, I, I really like what I've seen out of Maeda lately. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in that kind of a series, you know, you might go Maeda on a short leash with, you know, in, thinking, you know what, if he gets in trouble, we're coming back with our starter. Yeah. And so, you know, but Maeda right now is where I lean. I, I kind of like how he looked. I like his mound presence. Uh, the top two are, are clear. You know, you got Sonny Gray and you yep. got Lopez, which there, nobody's going to dispute that. But, yep. you know, to have uh, have a couple good options for a game three, I like it. But, yeah, I would lean towards Maeda at this point. Yeah, he just has a little better form here of late. And maybe I have some recency bias based on his start last night where he went five scoreless and struck out eight and against a good Reds lineup that uh, that can certainly score runs. They, they obviously did uh, the night before. But, um, but yeah, in the veteran presence of Maeda, uh, I think he'll pitch with a little more of a chip on his shoulder because he's in his mid-30s now. He only has so many chances left to make a, his impression on the postseason, you know, you make your money in the regular season, but you make your reputation in the playoffs. And I think Maeda would just champ at the pit to get a chance to do that. Yeah, I do. And, you know, you look at a guy at this part of his career, I mean, to be able to have a, you know, kind of what I would deem as a play-in series, you yep. know, the short series to be yep. a part of it, to really get, you know, 
these guys have made enough money. Uh, you know, they've kind of done it all uh, to make some sort of run. Uh, I just really look at him being a good veteran presence to buckle down and be able to help that run because it means a lot to these guys. Yeah, as yeah. you see it, you know, there's a lot of players that never get a chance to make a make a run in the postseason, and and so for that reason, uh, him knowing that he's a third behind those other two, I think you're going to get a good effort. And I think uh, you know, I really I'm positive with uh, the Twins being able to break this long losing streak. Yeah, that's right. And if they do go with Joe Ryan. It's not like there's a big difference between the two. You know, I think both no. of us are kind of feeling Maeda because he's pitched a little better here of late. But if they go with Joe Ryan, you know, he hasn't pitched that much worse than Maeda. So that would be fine as well. Hopefully either whoever pitches uh, winds up getting a win. Hey, the Wild uh, start training camp tomorrow. Uh, they signed yep. Kalen Addison to a one-year contract yesterday. So they've got their blue liners uh, back intact, I think, from last year. How are you looking at training camp coming up? Well, it'll be interesting. It's going to come down to the same thing. You know, what can we get? Uh, last year, uh, you know, when we had lost Fiala and lost some of the rest, it was like, how are we going to replace this? I think we're going to take some positive steps this year. You know, we're coming to the end of being handcuffed by our the, the big signings of Prezi and Suter. You know, every year we get there, we're one year closer to being done with that. Yep. Um, you know, I think we're okay. Um, our goaltending situation, uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay with. Um, and then you look at a bona fide superstar in Kaprizov continuing to make strides. Boldy's going to continue to get better. Uh, you get your blue line, you know, wrapped up. We're done with the Dumba project, uh, which I'm okay with. And then uh, just really, you know, it's down to, you know, you're in the West. We, we just don't want to, uh, you know, be in that position where you're one game in, you're one game out. I'd like to see us go on a run and, you know, secure ourselves a playoff spot. But, yeah, we're going to be a decent team this year. We're not going to be the best in the NHL. But I think we can be a little bit above teetering, wondering if we're going to make the playoffs. That would be good because that's kind of been their spot for the last several yep. years is just getting in, just missing out. Usually they just get in, but then they get bumped out in the first round of the playoffs. So, uh, you know, again, it'll be all about what happens in the playoffs, I think, for the Wild. I agree, and I do think, you know, if we play anywhere near our potential, we are a playoff team. So we're going to get that opportunity. Yeah. Sean, thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Todd. Sean Bolson joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.